Welcome to Leadership Revealed, where John Paul shares his no-nonsense approach to all things leadership and scaling businesses. John interviews some of the most successful people in their industries to see what it takes to become a great leader. Be prepared for the truth about leadership and business. Please welcome your host, serial entrepreneur and top-selling author, John Paul. Hi everyone and welcome to yet another edition of Leadership Revealed. Now today I'm going to talk to you about recruitment and specifically when is the right time to recruit because I think those people like myself who's been in business quite a while, we've recruited many people in my case, probably hundreds and hundreds of people over the years and I still don't get it 100% right and I don't think anybody does. Now there's a couple of things I want to talk to you about, about not only how we recruit but when is the right time to actually start recruiting. So for me, if I had my time again, I would recruit a hell of a lot earlier than when I actually did. So I had the wrong mindset, in my opinion, when I first started, and that was along the lines of, no, 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 I don't want anybody else to do it. Nobody can do it as good as me. And for me, that is completely wrong, especially if you want to grow and you want to scale your business, because you can't keep taking on work and work and work and work and keep growing the business and scaling it and systemizing it and doing all the other cool stuff that actually builds a business. So looking back, I was very much a small-minded, self-employed mentality. And the difference between a self-employed mentality and a business growth or a scaling mentality is a couple of things. But more importantly, it is about I've got a pinch, penny pinch. I've got to save the pennies. I'm not earning pounds. I'm saving pennies. And as we all know, that's just not the right way to think about it. So rather than saying, well, look, there's going to be a little bit of investment in terms of time and cost to get that person into the role, get them trained up, get them firing all cylinders and they're getting pushing the business forward. Rather than investing that time and that effort into it, I'm just going to take on more work and therefore I'm saving pennies. It's the wrong mindset completely to have. And I'm, honestly, I cannot get that across to you so much. Recruit as early as possible. And there's two, there's two things that are taken into consideration. So the first thing is recruit as early as possible based on the operations of the business. Now, what do I mean by that? It's quite simple. As soon as you've got enough work for somebody to take away from you, then get them to take it off you. Now, you can do a couple of things. You can subcontract it to an external contractor, another business, such as, say, your bookkeeping, or say, you know, if you're in the real estate industry and you want to get people to do viewings and you can't afford somebody to be full-time or there's not enough work for them, then you would get a third party to do it, somebody who's got his own little business, like a little part-time business. So that's when you can delegate it or subcontract it out to them. The second thing is, is that as soon as it grows bigger and bigger and bigger and you've got the need or the desire, take somebody on as quick as you can. Because it's, it's the lost opportunity cost that you will have by doing all the little £10 jobs or the £5 jobs. You know, ordering the teas and the coffees and checking the stationery and, and getting the information across to so-and-so and another your accountant, that's not making you money. What you should be doing as the business, and in my last podcast we talked about becoming a CEO, is that you should be driving the business forward. You should be the person that's getting the right bums in the right seats, inspiring and motivating your senior management team, and then learning to let go. So operationally, recruit as quickly as you possibly can. Because, you know, when I first started, I was doing everything. I was doing um, viewing, showing people around houses. I was doing the accounts. I was ch chasing people for arrears when they didn't pay money. I was doing, you know, the marketing. You name it, 
I was doing it. And that wasn't, that, that, inha- that inhibited our growth. As soon as I started to take a step out and trusted my MD, and, or who was area manager at the time, and she was doing a fantastic job, um, and I stepped away and I said, there you go, Adele, you do it. By God, our, our business just took off. And it probably, well, you know, even COVID, even in the last 20 months, it's doubled in size from six branches to 12 with many acquisitions on the go. So it just shows that that when you let go, you can focus your energy and time. And that is the caveat. You know, if 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 I delegated to somebody else or subcontracted and then went and sat on my butt all day watching TV or something, then obviously the business isn't going to grow. So the caveat is providing I can delegate and I can work growing the business and scaling the business, then you will massively see huge, huge strides and improvements in your business. So that's operationally. Recruit as soon as you can take away those those non-income producing tasks and you can delegate it. One of the first things I always say to my guys, my clients and the people I coach is, get a bookkeeper. The first person you should get is a bookkeeper in your business because it doesn't take a lot of effort. It really, really doesn't. It takes more effort for you to pull everything together, the receipts, the numbers, put it on Zero, or QuickBooks or Sage or whatever system you use. Put it in the right one, make mistakes, put it in the, the totally right one, pull it off, understand it, read it, and then put it in the drawer and do nothing with it. Then it does somebody else coming a half a day a week. right? And a half a day a week, you know, you're probably going to be costed, I don't know, unless you're in a city centre, maybe 100 quid a week, if that. Now, again, I'm not belittling it. 100 quid a week when you first start out in business can and is a lot of money. But the amount of money that will save and it will allow you spare time so you can earn that is absolutely astronomical. It really, really is. So my my sort of idea on this is have a think about how much you want to earn, right? So say you want to earn £100,000 a year, right? Divide that by the amount of hours in a year, which is roughly, roughly 2000 And that works out at... 50 quid an hour. If you can recruit somebody for a lot less than 50 pound an hour to do a task, then pay them to do that task because you should be earning, you should be working on the 50 pound plus tasks. There's an argument to say you should be earning, charging 200 pound out, 300 pound out. But in the beginning, when you're first starting out, your wage or your um, sort of metaphorical wage, if you want to call it that, will always be in comparison to the, the stage of the business growth. There's no point charging 200 quid an hour or 150 pound an hour when you've been in business two minutes no one's going to pay that it's just it's just not going to happen so you've got to be realistic and the second part which is which is the finances you need the cash in the bank you need to have a little bit of leeway you can't be 20 30 40 thousand pounds worth in debt and all of a sudden i'm going to take a um a bookkeeper on full time i'm going to take on a sales guy or whatever i don't think that's prudent business sense um, so one of the things we have to take into account is the operations of it. How quickly can I get completely out of the business on the proviso, the caveat that I'm going to be working my butt off to replace the income that I'm going to be spending on the new employee or the new subcontract. And obviously the finances, I, I always like to have a bit of a buffer. So for me, I am a little bit of risk averse when it comes to making decisions. I know some people listening to this podcast might disagree, but I am. I like to think I have cal- take calculated risks. And one thing is, is I always like to have at least three to six months cash flow in every single one of our businesses um, in case anything happens. So it's having good, good. And by the way, that's cash flow. That's not total savings. We could have savings to acquire businesses or for um, new implement new strategies or whatever it is. But I always like to have a good three months cash flow in my business um, just in case I need it for a rainy day. A bit like a rainy day fund. 
So I want to tell you a little bit of a story as well about the lost opportunity cost of working really, really hard in your business and what you can, exactly what it says, you could lose an opportunity. So it was one day, it was a Friday, my wife Gemma said, do you want to come uh, walk out for a, uh, go for a walk? And we went to a little place in the northeast called Yarm, lovely little market town, lovely summer's day. We went, we went walking. It was June's day, it was a Wednesday, so I, I took, took half a day off work. And we went, we had a bite to eat, and we were walking past um, a window, an estate agent's window, one of the corporates. And I looked through the window, and this house, this beautiful big house, was up for sale, and it was up for let. So I went in, spoke to the lady behind the desks, got a couple of viewings, and without boring you, we ended up buying that, that property. Now, there's about three, four, five people in for it, because it's a, it's, a, it's a really, really nice house, big old rectory, you know, three stories, seven bedrooms. Don't, I don't say that boast, but, you know, it is what it is. Now, we wouldn't have had this house if it wasn't for the fact that I'd taken a good six hours off work. And, you know, we went for that bite to eat and we were, looking past, we were looking past the window. And every time we met the owners to view, it was during the day because that's the only time they could meet because they wanted their, after, their, their evening times as their personal time. So because of that, I could at the drop of a hat, I could take time off work. And, you know, I, we wouldn't have this house now, which I'm recording this podcast in, if it wasn't for the fact that I was systemized myself out of the business. So you can't grow your business or you can't have opportunities or you won't be able to maximize out on those opportunities if you're working in the business. So this is why you need to recruit as early on as you can in the business. Now, most owners, as we said at the beginning, take on all the work to save money. It's a small, small person's mindset. It really is. It's a self-employed mindset. Penny pinching. You can't grow a business doing that. And in fact, you don't have a business if that is your mindset. The, the definition of a business, and I've spoke about this relentlessly over the last decade, is go on holiday for three months. You've not allowed. You've got to sit on a beach somewhere with no phone signal, no emails, no, you know, pigeon carriers or anything like that. You're not allowed to speak to anybody in your business. No customers, no clients, not speak to MD, nothing. Not a, not a thing, zip. If after three months you come back and your business is running better or exactly the same without you as it was when you were there, then congratulations, you have got a systemized business. There's no hassle with the staff, the customers are getting great service, the bills are getting paid. In fact, you might even get more customers on. That's a systemized, well-run business. Now, let's flip it. If you come back and the staff haven't turned up and sickness rates have gone up and there's been fighting on the shop floor and customers are complaining and you're losing business because they want to speak to you, 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 then you've just got a job. And I'm really, really sorry if you think otherwise, but you have, you've got a job. You you will not be able to get maximum um, pounds or maximum um, income for your business if you come to sell it because you are integral to the business. And one of the realisation moments for me was right in the beginning of my business life, my business cycle, if you like, was when I realised that I was integral to the business. So after about two, two and a half years, I quickly set up the business that we had branch managers and then we promoted um, to somebody to the area manager and now she's my MD. And it's brilliant because they run the business. Yes, I'm involved in terms of reporting and board meetings, but you know, hiring and firing and setting the KPIs and P&L, don't get involved in that because that's not where my value is. And as soon as I could take myself out of that type of business and recruit, be that internally, because we always love to recruit internally 
or from an external perspective. As soon as you can do that and you can take yourself out of the business, your business growth and trajectory absolutely skyrockets because you can see the things that other people don't have time to see. You can do the things that other people don't have time to do. So it is very, very much an open your mindset type of action that you need to take because if you do that, I promise you, your business will really, really take off. Now, the last thing I quickly want to uh, broach is, um, and because it's really, really important, is once you've made that mindset shift of I'm going to promote from within, I'm going to recruit, the second thing you, the, the second thing you have to do, and you must do this, guys, so please, please take note, is you have to support them. They are going to screw up. They are going to mess up. And they, the worst thing you can do is go out the way, I'm going to take this back. Because it does one or two things. It puts you back into the problem and the issue that you had a couple of weeks ago before you took them on. And the second thing what it does is it almost says to them, I don't trust you. I never will trust you. I'm better than you. I don't value you. I'm not going to train you up to be as good as what you should be. Sounds a little bit OTT. It's absolutely not. Some people might think some of it. Some might people take one or two of those points. But guarantee at least one of those points will be thought by the person who you're pushing out the way and you're saying, I'll take it on, move out the way, John's going to take it back over. It's not the right thing to do. It just shows that you don't trust them. It also highlights the fact that you haven't trained them enough or give them enough training or nurture or support in order for them to do their job correctly. Remember back to when you had kids and say, like, I've got an 11-year-old lad and when he was on his bike, when he fell off, and we took the stabilizers off for the first time, and he fell off his bike, I didn't barge him out the way, get on his bike and say, right, daddy's going to show you how to do it. No, he got up, he got back on the bike, I put one hand on the handlebars, one on his seat, and I just went along with him. And I helped him and I supported him until he felt comfortable that he could do it himself. And do you know what happened? Literally within hours, not days, not weeks, not months, certainly not years, hours, he was riding that bike very, very well, very, very efficiently. And that's what happens with your staff. If you just support them, if you nurture them that little bit, you get so much more out of them. So when is the right time to recruit? I would say as soon as you need it and as soon as you can afford it. And it's that nice blend of both. But once you recruit that person, it's up to you to nurture them, to look after them. And for goodness sake, do not barge them out of the way and take it back on. Because I can guarantee you one thing. Having that self-employed mindset will not allow you to grow your business. It's just not going to happen. Hope you've enjoyed this episode, guys, on Leadership Revealed, and we'll see you next time.